0: The prophesied Israel United States strategic partnership, the United States and Europe's role in the New World Order, precursors to the Mark of the Beast, all prophetic and all in our news headlines today. And we'll analyze these events on this edition of End of the Age. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of End of the Age. I'm going to be covering many topics today, but one that I had to cover in the beginning. I saw this in the news over the weekend, and it's as if it is becoming just kind of of, um, a common occurrence in our society, and people are starting to accept this. Now not everybody. I know that there are people that are diametrically opposed to this as am I. But the University of Pennsylvania nominated a swimmer. Now this gentleman's name, he's calling himself Leah Thomas. He's a man but he, they nominated him because he said, hey, I'm a woman now, I'm transitioning to a woman, and I'm going to, he participated in the women's swim team. They nominated this man for the NCAA Woman of the Year Award. Okay? Yes, I said that correctly. Now, the University of Pennsylvania, he, this gentleman is a swimmer, and he went from being ranked because he swam with a men's team for three years. He went from being ranked five hundred and fifty fourth in the two hundred freestyle in all all divisions five hundred and fifty fourth ranking in the men 's competition to obviously one of the top swimmers in the women 's competition well. I mean, who wouldn't want to do that? Who wouldn't want to go from being ranked 550-some to the top of another category? But you simply can't go against the Bible and against science and against biology and against everything else that says, Sir, you're a man. And I wanted to bring this up because what kind of society do we want to live in? And what does the Bible say about the end time. Jesus said there would be things like this going on that this would be prevalent in our society in the end time. Just as it was in the days when Lot come up out of Sodom. Just will it be, just like that, when we see the second coming of Jesus Christ during those days just prior to that. So it's going to be just sin and debauchery. And I don't want it to become commonplace. I'm looking for an in-time spiritual revival. What does the Bible say? I think that's what, what it all comes down to. What does the Bible say about these, times, these types of lifestyles that people want to live? They choose to live. They're not born that way. They choose to live. That You can go to Bible.ask. There's a million things. Go to the Bible, and it says in Genesis 1-27... And God created man in his own image, in his likeness, created he male and female. He created them. And it was and the Lord said it was very good. So the Bible tells us that God's intent is a heteros, his heterosexuality. And with def, definite boundaries between man men and women and in both appearance and behavior and hence to transgender is outside God's plan for mankind folks somebody has to say this your news media is just pushing this like they're celebrating this that the university of pennsylvania would nominate this man who all these females have worked their whole life in swimming and different things. They've had to compete against this guy this year in swimming, and now the University of Pennsylvania has nominated him for the uh, woman athlete of the year. Now, maleness and femaleness, two different things. That's God's choice. That's determined at conception. God's intent for every male is to grow into masculinity. Our society is trying to tear that down. They call it toxic masculinity. A young boy growing into a man, getting his fingers dirty and working with his hands or, or just working a job. You don't have to get your hands dirty. Uh, but there's nothing wrong with that. Go out and do yard work. Go out and bail hay. Become a man. Be masculine. That's what God wants. And for every female to grow into femininity. And when that doesn't happen, it's due to sin. After the fall of man, sin led to gender issues and inclinations to transgender and many different other things. In Abraham's day, homosexuality was widespread in many cities. Uh, Go to the references of uh, Sodom and Gomorrah in, in the book of Genesis 19. Jude chapter, uh, in the book of Jude. So, the Bible is unmistakably clear that homosexuality is a sinful perversion, not just in the Old Testament, but in Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 32. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 through 10. In, In the law, even, transvestism, is was specifically forbidden the Bible says a woman must not wear that which um, must not wear men 's clothing nor a man should wear women's clothing for the Lord your God detests anyone who does this that's um, deuteronomy twenty two five so God made a human male and female and the distinction thus ordained, is to be honored and obeyed. And I know that it, they're, they're pushing us in the end time, but it does not mean it needs to become common uh, um, amongst, even here in America. If it's overseas, hey, they'll have to deal with it. But here in America, we want a spiritual revival, a godly revival. We want to turn back to God, not let Hollywood and all these other places set our moral compass for us. Let's turn back to God and have that great end time revival. It's of utmost importance because we're preparing people for the second coming of Jesus Christ and the soon kingdom of God. That's the whole reason for this program. And so we've got to tell people, hey, God can save you out of that lifestyle. I've seen it happen to many people. Come out of that lifestyle, lead a godly lifestyle, have a wonderful family, live a godly lifestyle, and be prepared for the second coming of Jesus Christ. That's the goal in all of this. That's the goal of the Bible is to prepare people for the second coming and to have a wonderful relationship with the Lord. Satan
1: and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time, understand how you fit in, and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to intime.com future or call 800-END-TIME. That's 800-363-8463.
2: Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills. But God has always provided. We started with a magazine, then went on radio and TV. And now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the end time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you.
0: Well, welcome back, everybody. And uh, we had a great conference, prophecy conference, in Bullard, Texas, this last weekend. And, wow, packed house. It was awesome. And this coming weekend, I will be in Houston at Pastor David Foss's church. This is July 23rd, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. I'll be teaching the Socialistic Kingdom of the Antichrist. That's at Bethel Tabernacle. 1020 FM 1960 East, and again, this is in Houston, and then Sunday, we'll be there from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., that's July 24th, I'll be doing Breaking Prophecy News, it's going to be a great time, we had a great conference in Bullard, we'll have a great one in Houston, looking forward to seeing you there. We've been going to the Houston Conference, the same church, probably for 12 or 14 years now. And we do it annually, and it's always a great time. So look forward to seeing you in Houston, the north end of Houston, in Pastor David Foster's church. Many of you know where that's at. And uh, if you if you need more information, go to endtime.com. Under the events and then conferences, all the information is right there. Maps, phone numbers on how to get to the church. It's going to be a great time. Now, let me go through some history real quick, and then we'll get into... Um, some of the other topics, uh, Mark of the beast and things. World government. Global elites have been for decades working just diligently to create a world governing body. The goal is a global government system that's so all-inclusive and minutely detailed that it will control all aspects of every person's life on the earth. Those nations that are will come under the reign of the Antichrist. The intention is to eventually regulate and all individual production and consumption, which is what they're trying to do on every level right now, with the ultimate objective of really thought manipulation. That's what all these social credit scores and all this stuff is all about. Resulting in absolute obeisance and allegiance to their world governing body. the, The How do you know this? Well, look at the results, or the, I should say, um, what's the solution to every crisis that comes along from the United Nations and the international community? Hey, we need a stronger world government, right? That's always their answer, because that's what they want us to look to in times of crisis. They're trying to program our mind. Well, the outcome of these efforts by these globalists is the formation of international institutions specifically designed to govern the world. Not to govern a specific nation, but the entire world. Some of these would include uh, recognizable organizations, the the United Nations, the seat of world government, the International Monetary Fund, the, the World, the International Criminal Court, the World Bank, the World Health Organization. The World Trade Organization. Notice I'm saying world, not the United States, not Russia, not China. The World Trade Organization. These entities are designed to govern the planet. Also, um, NATO, uh, just to name a few. So the plan to govern the world and its citizens, believe me, everybody, it's progressing very rapidly. We're we're actually at the culmination of it, not the beginning. Uh, Back after World War II. The United States led the effort to create this new world order and for the last uh, seven plus decades now we have been the, the principal driver the United States the principal driver behind this world governing body. Every administration since the founding of the United Nations whether Republican or Democrat besides Donald Trump has been fully supported Supportive of the New World Order. And, of course, they have wielded vast amounts of international power. And along with the four victor nations of World War II, um, China, France, Russia, and the United Kingdom, the United States is one of the five permanent members of the United Nations Security Council. We've got veto power over any security council Resolution, And there are many people in the world trying to do away with that. We've talked about that in other programs. Over the last, uh, again, what, 75 plus years, the world has looked to America for leadership in the implementation of this New World Order agenda. Europe, many other places. They always look to the United States. Until recently... And we've been the leader of that. Not, not just the United Nations or NATO, but all of these multilateral institutions designed to govern the world. However, Bible prophecy does foretell a completely different political atmosphere in the end time. And I'll get to that throughout my program. I'm not going to spend that time on that right here. But according to prophecies, there's going to be a world government established just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. But the United States will not be in full compliance with this agenda. This is one of the big questions I'm getting at our prophecy conferences now. What about the United States? You guys are always talking about Europe and Israel and different places. What about the United States? A lot of people think that the United States is not even mentioned in the Bible. However, it absolutely is. 650 years before John wrote the book of Revelation, Daniel was given a vision of four beasts that represented four kingdoms or nations that would exist at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. Those beasts described in Daniel, uh, be Daniel 7, 4 through 7, they are, and the modern nations they symbolize, are a lion with eagle's wings. You, many of you know this, if you've listened to us for a while. The lion with eagle's wings. They symbolize the modern day nation of Great Britain and the United States. The United States is 100%. Mentioned in the Bible. Also, there's a, in Daniel 7, there's a bear. That's a modern-day nation of Russia, the Russian bear. The four-headed leopard, Germany. The ten-horned beast. The reborn Holy Roman Empire or the current European Union. In our new Understanding the End Time DVD series that we're almost done with, I've got to do Lesson 13 and 14. Uh, we'll, I'll be shooting 11 and 12 next week. And then I'll have uh, 13 and 14, the lessons done by the end of August. And we'll be able to sell the big new set by Christmas. It's going to be awesome. I've got new proofs for a lot of this stuff in those new DVDs. Updated information. All you Bible study teachers and pastors, everybody, you're going to love it. So get ready for that coming out just before Christmas. In the book of Revelation, 650 years later... John uses these same symbols. You understand? John and Daniel were not contemporaries. They had never sat down, had a cup of coffee, and said, Okay, Daniel, you're gonna write this. When I write my book, I'll write about this, and let's make them correlate. They didn't do that. They lived 650 years apart. So how do their books correlate so much? Because there's one author to the entire Bible, and that's God Almighty. He used different secretaries to write all the stuff down. He's already seen all this stuff take place. God knows the end from the beginning. So he's seen it all play out, and he went back and he told Daniel, I want you to write this. John, you write this. Ezekiel, Zechariah, all you guys, write these different things because I want the people of the time of the end to know what's coming. Well, that's where we're at right now. So when John writes Revelation, he uses the same symbols of nations described to describe the end-time world government. John writes that the four separate nations of Daniel 7, that they federalize into one large global governing body. John wrote, he said, I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, upon his horns, symbolizing the European Union. Ten crowns, upon his heads, the name of blasphemy. The beast which I saw was like unto a leopard. So Germany is going to be involved. The feet is the feet of the bear. Russia's going to be involved. You say, well, hold on a minute. That's not possible because Russia and Europe and NATO, they're all at loggerheads with each other. I understand that. But I also know what the prophecies say is going to happen. In the end time, Russia and Europe are going to be in complete alliance with each other. Okay? It goes John went on to say in his mouth was at the mouth of the lion. Great Britain's going to be involved. You say, Well, what about Brexit? I understand about Brexit. According to the Bible, Great Britain is still going to be involved. And then John said um, the dragon uh, gave this entity its power, seat, and great authority. That's Revelation 13, 1 through 2. So this is a 2,000-year-old prophecy of the world government that is currently being established. What about the United States? The eagle's wings, symbolic of the United States, all the way back in Daniel 7... They're not mentioned in the combo beast of Revelation 13. And this lets us know that the United States, here it is, will not be included in the world government of the end time. You say, oh no, Dave, now come on. Joe Biden, he's a globalist, he's pushing us into world government. I totally understand that. But the prophecies always come to pass. Will the United States segregate into liberals and conservatives And the conservatives stand against the world government. Possibly. But there will be a faction of the United States that will not come into full compliance and full alliance with the world governing body. There are people fighting against it as we speak. A lot of people. A lot of governors right now fighting. So, the prophecy also indicates that world dominance will have shifted from the United States to the powers of Europe. Remember, I told you that they've normally looked at the United States. But th- th- I'm telling you, it's fixing to change. And it actually is changing. So, this shift, everything that's happening, it's left us with a few questions over the years. Hey, do, are we, we're, the, uh, were the presently the leader of the world government, this new world order. How's that shift going to occur? Will the United States be wiped out in a World War III? I can tell you the answer to that. No. Will we be brought to our knees and become a non-factor on the world stage? The answer to that is no. On the other hand, will we perhaps go into isolation? The answer to that, no. There is a scripture that helps answer these questions. Jump back one chapter to Revelation 12. It's the only other place that eagle's wings are mentioned in the prophecies of the Bible. Or I should say, when you get into end-time prophecy... Revelation 12, verse 13, says that the dragon, when when he's cast out of heaven, Satan, the war in heaven takes place. Satan's bound to the earth. He's going to persecute the woman with 12 stars around her head in Revelation 12. The woman is Israel. And the 12 stars symbolize the 12 tribes of Israel. So according to Revelation 13, the dragon, or Satan, will use the Antichrist and his world government and the world religious system to do the persecuting. Yes, that's right. There will be The world religious system will persecute individuals in the end time. So John tells us that in, in the very next verse, that Israel will be protected during the Great Tribulation, which leads right up to the second coming of Jesus Christ. And during the final three and one-half years immediately preceding that time, and it says, Revelation twelve fourteen, And to the woman, Israel, were given two wings of a great eagle, the United States, that she might fly into the wilderness, into her place, which is the promised land, where she is nourished for time, times, and half a time from the face of the serpent. So a clear understanding of Revelation 12 and 13, it proves conclusively two things. The United States will stand with Israel and protect Israel from the world government in the end time. I'm telling you, thank God for the United States of America. Because God's got a way of protecting Israel by the United States, regardless of whether there's a Republican, a Democrat, whoever is in the White House. That's irrelevant to God. God has already seen this stuff play out. And God said, this is how it's going to happen, folks. Also, number two, we know that the United States will not be part of the world government and therefore will not come under the full reign of the Antichrist. So, I told everybody um, uh, Sunday about the United States and our role and also Texas. I did a conference in Bullard, Texas. We're doing one in Houston this coming Saturday. And I told them about the, seg- it seems like the United States is segregating right now, not along the lines of race or um, s- stratus, st- economic status, but along liberal, people that want to go into a world government, and conservatives, people that do not want to be in that. And we've got people, governors, that are fighting against that. So, my main message to you today in this, in this little segment here, is the United States standing with Israel, regardless of Democrat or Republican. We are going to stand with Israel all the way to the end. The Jewish News Syndicate reported the full, t- you know that um, President Biden was in Israel last week. Israel, Saudi Arabia, he had a trip with him. He went into Palestine, or to, um, they call it East Jerusalem. I call it the east part of Jerusalem. The, the Jewish News Syndicate, they signed, Yair Lapid and Joe Biden signed the um, Jerusalem-U.S.-Israel Strategic Partnership Joint Declaration. They signed it in Jerusalem the uh, 14th and, and the text of the Jerusalem-U.S.-Israel Strategic Partnership Joint Declaration. Now, nobody else has signed anything like with this with Israel, not to this Um, extent but the United States and I'm going to get through this again, President Joe Biden and Israel Prime Minister Yair Lapid signed this, I'm going to go through a few excerpts of this and then we'll get into many more stories about Europe precursors to Mark of the Beast, there's so much going on right now, we'll get into this on the other side of the break and things are happening very very quickly, honestly it's kind of hard for us to really keep up with it all President Biden, Yair Lapid, the Prime Minister of Israel, signed the U.S.-Israel Strategic Partnership Joint Declaration. Some excerpts from that. And that's why I wanted to go through the prophecy before this. Because a lot of people say, well, I mean, you know, the United States is wavering and I don't know about President Biden and I don't know what's going to happen in the end time now. Listen, regardless of who is in the White House, regardless of who is the Prime Minister of Israel, regardless of who's over Europe or Russia or China... The players will change as we go along. But the prophecies always come to pass. They have to. They're the word of God. And the word of God is settled. That's it. And these prophecies will come to pass. So regardless, the way I watch the news, it's irrelevant to me who's in the White House pertaining to prophecy. Because I know these prophecies are going to come to pass. Now, it's important to me who's in the White House. I'm saying... Regardless of who's in there, these prophecies are going to move along, and they're moving along very quickly. So, some excerpts from this partnership, this de- joint declaration between Israel and the United States, and I'm quoting The United States and Israel reaffirm the unbreakable bonds between our two countries and the enduring commitment of the United States to Israel's security. Our countries further reaffirm that the strategic United States Israel partnership is based on a bedrock of shared values, shared interest, and a true friendship. Now, 2,000 years ago, 2,500 years ago, Daniel prophesied about a nation that would be on the earth at the end time symbolized by the eagle's wings, the eagle, the United States. 2,000 years ago, John prophesied of an alliance of a woman with 12 stars around her head Symbolizing Israel and a nation that is symbolized by the eagle's wings, the, the United States. These are 2,000 to 2,500 year old prophecies and now we're here, we're, we're here in 2022 just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ and you have Israel and the nation with the eagle's wings in alliance with each other. How did Daniel and John know 2,000 to 2,500 years ago there were going to be two nations just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ that would be symbolized by this woman with 12 stars around her head, symbolizing the 12 tribes of Israel, and an eagle? Because God is eternal. He's already seen all this stuff play out. So he told Daniel and he told John, here's what's going to happen in the end time. And now, folks, we're watching it play out right before our very eyes. Another excerpt from this um, declaration. Cons- consistent with the long-standing security relationship between the United States and Israel and the unshakable U.S. commitment to Israel's security and especially to the maintenance of its qualitative military edge, the United States reiterates its steadfast commitment to preserve and strengthen Israel's capability to deter its enemies and to defend itself by itself against any threat or combination of threats. The United States stresses that integral to this pledge is the commitment never to allow Iran... Now think about this. Our commitment to this pledge... Never to allow Iran to acquire a nuclear weapon and that it is prepared to use all elements of its national power to ensure that outcome. The, uh, the, the Muslims, the Ayatollahs and everybody in Iran, they are going out of their mind over that statement right here. United States and Israel working together, guaranteeing they will never get a nuclear weapon. Their heart is beating fast. They can't breathe. They are pulling their hair out by the roots. There's articles on it today. They cannot stand that this great Satan, they call the United United States great Satan, and Israel, this Zionist regime, that they call the little Satan, is working together to, to thwart their aspirations to get a nuclear weapon. They're the number one state sponsor of terrorism on the planet. Why would you ever think about allowing them to get a nuclear weapon? And so they cannot stand this. But here it is, there's a prophecy. The United States and Israel working together in lockstep in the end time. It goes on to say, another excerpt. The United States and Israel affirm that they will continue to work together to combat all efforts to boycott and delegitimize Israel. The uh, Boycott, Divest, and Sanction Uh, entity trying to boycott the the, uh, settlers out in the West Bank. The United States is working against that. To deny, it goes on to say, to deny its right to self-defense or to unfairly single out in any forum, get this, it says this in the document, including at the United Nations or the International Criminal Court. So President Joe Biden, who is a globalist, pro-world government, Here with Israel, he says, but we're going to work to keep anybody from delegitimizing you, including the United States and the International Criminal Court. I'm telling you, folks, regardless of who's in the White House, the United States is going to stand with Israel. And we better be glad that we do. God said, I will bless them that bless you, and I will curse them that curse you. You say, well, I don't really care about Israel. Hey, That's between you and God. But as far as Dave Robbins, Doug Norville, Vince Stegall, and End Time Ministries, and End of the Age, we will always support Israel. If you're against Israel, God's going to be against you. That's that's scriptural. If you're pro-Israel and support Israel, God will support you. We support Israel not because we want financial blessings. We support Israel because I love the people. The people are awesome. They treat us wonderful when we go over there. And all of my childhood heroes, David, David killed Goliath, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all the Old Testament prophets, you read the Bible, your childhood heroes will be Jewish. And they will be Israelites. There will be people that you looked up to going through Sunday school if you, if you did, had the privilege of going to Sunday school. And so when I, when I realized these people gave us our Bible, the Temple Mount's there. Everything that happened was right there. I love those people. And we owe them a lot. They gave us our Bible, and, and, and they've, they have, they've been through a lot. And so I love them. And I'm trying to help Jews in the end time prepare for the second coming of Jesus Christ. And that's why we help Jews make Aliyah back to Israel because there's going to be a mass slaughter around the world. The Great Tribulation, I said it, told it earlier, Satan's going to be against Israel. He's going to come down specifically targeting Israel and the true church of Jesus Christ on the earth. So if we, can make, if we can help Jews make Aliyah or the journey back to Israel or if at all else fails, the United States, they will be able to be protected because when the fullness of the Gentiles become in, when the Lord plants His feet all on the Mount of Olives, all of Israel is going to be saved at that point. Everybody who's made it through the Great Tribulation, through the Battle of Armageddon, Romans 11:25 25 and 26. When the fullness of the Gentiles has come in, all of Israel will be saved. We are going to help facilitate that revival. Or actually, I should say, help the Lord facilitate it. Now, the United States and Israel, moving on in the document, just a couple more excerpts. The United States and Israel commit to continuing to discuss the challenges and opportunities in the Israel-Palestinian relations. So there's so much that's prophetic in this. United States, standing against the United Nations. The United States, or I should say, the Israeli-Palestinian issue, which they'll sign a peace agreement in the very near future. And the Israeli-United States relationship in the end time. So much prophecy in this declaration that they signed. President Biden reaffirms his long-standing and consistent support for a two-state solution, and which is basically Israel giving up land for peace. I absolutely do not agree with that. It's diametrically opposed to the Word of God. There's Joe Biden showing his globalist side. And for the advancing toward a reality in which Israels and Palestinians alike Can enjoy equal measures of security, freedom, and prosperity. The United States stands ready to work with Israel, the Palestinian Authority, and regional stakeholders towards that goal. Well, we know there's going to be an Israeli Palestinian peace agreement signed in the very near future. There will be a two state solution created. Is it scriptural? It's scriptural that it will happen, but it is anti biblical. Because God told Israel, you go in there and you occupy the land. You take over. Drive out the heathen that are in the land. Israel has not done that. God said, if you won't do it, there'll be pricks in your eyes and thorns in your side. And have they ever? Or maybe I got it wrong. Thorns in your eyes, pricks in your side. I don't know. Man, that's one of them I misquoted. We'll see. I'll look it up after this. It's one or the other. So, with this record, I always get that one mixed up. With this... I'm not infallible, folks. With this record of remarkable achievement and with a sense of the incredible promise, I also get Elijah and Elisha mixed up. I've I've read out of them books many times. Anyway, moving on. Back to prophecy. With this record of remarkable achievement and with a sense of the incredible promise that the unparalleled U.S.-Israel relationship holds for the future, the United States and Israel warmly welcome the entering, the entering of the 75th year of this extra, extraordinary partnership, the United States and Israel. Prophesied in the Bible 2,000 to 2,500 years ago, and we're watching it take place. We're, we're living through the fulfillment of these prophecies as we speak. Now, let me shift gears on you. Prophecies foretell... The last empire, the last empire that will rule the world government, will not be the Roman Empire, but it will be be related to the Roman Empire. The Roman element continued from 300 A.D. until 800 A.D. And then in 800 A.D., the Holy Roman Empire was born. And so the Roman Empire, I'm getting to the European Union if you wonder where I'm going. The, the Roman Empire, totally secular empire, but the Holy Roman Empire was an alliance of church and state, an alliance of politics and religion, different than the Roman Empire. So the Holy Roman Empire was born December twenty fifth, 800 A.D., when Pope Leo III, the church has always been involved in this, Pope Leo III crowned, uh, placed the he- um, crown on the head of Charlemagne and announced that he was now the emperor the first emperor, of the Holy Roman Empire. Not just the Roman Empire, but now it's the Holy. The church is going to be involved in governing this empire. The depiction of feet of iron mingled with clay symbolized uh, in Daniel chapter 2 on Nebuchadnezzar's vision. The iron was um, the Roman element. So, but when you get to the feet of iron mingled with clay, the Roman element is the iron, the religious element is the clay. So the Holy Roman Empire ruled the world for the next 1,000 years after Charlemagne. And the leaders who ruled the Roman Empire were always a dual leadership the political leader from Europe, the spiritual leader from Italy. The spiritual leader was always the Pope of the Roman Catholic Church, of the Vatican. And so. I'm going to bring up an article when we get back a book review of some people that talked about this union of politics and religion over the years. And I think you'll be quite interested in it because just like the world government, the union of the Israel and the United States in the end time, the peace agreement, we're watching this move towards the European Union, the Holy Roman Empire, play out right before our very eyes. So, the end-time world government, it will be ran by a union of politics and religion, the revived Holy Roman Empire. The Holy Roman Empire has always been ran by the most powerful political figure from Europe, which will be the Antichrist in the end time, and then always the Pope from the Roman Catholic Church, the most powerful religious figure from Rome, which will be the Pope. That's why we say at the time of the Antichrist whoever the pope is at that time will be the false prophet. Okay. and So the Bible talks about this union of politics and religion in the end time, the Holy Roman Empire. Well, the Australian Institute of International Affairs, they did a book review. The name of the book. I've got to read this book. The Invention of Power, Popes, Kings, and the Birth of the West. Listen at the excerpt from this book review. I've got to get this book. The sharing of power between popes and kings was a long-standing feature of Western European politics. Professor Bruce Bueno de Mesquita delves into this history to present a novel argument for why Western countries are more likely to experience prosperity and democracy. In the short, period, between 1122 and 1207, three separate treaties were signed between the papacy, the popes of the Roman Catholic Church, on one side, and France, England, and the Holy Roman Empire. Wow! That's a 2,500-year-old prophecy. The Holy Roman Empire would be established, it would have a political element and a religious element. The agreements, respectively known as the Concordance of Paris, London, and Worms—spelled Worms, but it's pronounced Worms—established a new framework for the relations between the Pope of Rome and some of the most powerful temporal rulers of the period. Under the influence of the concordats, the Church would continue to have the right to nominate bishops, but was subjected to now. Imagine the ruling body of the Church, the ruling political body of Europe. But they're intermingled now. The Bible said they would be. The union of politics and religion. The feet of iron mingle with clay. It said that the popes would have the right to nominate bishops, but were subjected to the veto power of the kings. The union of politics and religion. Who could reject nominees? Theoretically speaking, kings could reject any candidate put forward by the church enriching themselves and their kingdoms. As long as somebody was going to play ball and help them to enrich themselves, yes, they would allow the Pope to nominate that person and they would become a bishop. Think about that. That's politics getting involved in the church. But Rome was not powerless. Listen at this. The Pope could excommunicate emperors. Emperors held the power in Europe. Charlemagne was the first emperor of the Holy Roman Empire the popes could excommunicate emperors or deny the essential sacraments to the subjects of the unruly kings so here you have the union of politics and religion the papacy and the politics of the day the bible says that's exactly how it will be ran in the end time the holy roman empire will be the leader of the revived of the world governing body folks this These prophecies written so long ago, how did those writers know that this stuff would play out and that it would play out in such intricate detail? Because God was the writer of the Bible. God wrote these prophecies. He told Daniel, write this, then write this, and now John and all the rest of you guys, write all these prophecies, and then there's going to be people in the end time that will understand this. Daniel 11 says, during the time of the Antichrist, they that do know their God shall be strong into exploits they that understand among the people, shall instruct many. I've had so many people say, nobody can understand end-time Bible prophecy. Why even study it? Well, so what do we do? Rip 30% of the Bible out and throw it in the trash can? No, absolutely not. We pray, we ask God to help us understand these things. He wrote it. He must have wanted us to understand it, right? So that's what we're doing here at End of the Age. We're showing you what's coming so you can know how to prepare yourself. Some things I have to be a part of, some things I cannot be a part of, and then we're preparing you spiritually for eternity. That's why we do these radio programs, TV, the magazine, our Into the H Plus platform, Jerusalem Prophecy College, the prophecy conferences, Bible studies, global correspondence, do the radio interviews, everything we do here is involved in those things, preparing you for the second coming of Jesus Christ, to live at the end time, and for your eternal existence. That's the goal of everything we do here at End Time Ministries. This, th- this uh, book review goes on to say, However, in the age where the means of transportation were rudimentary, the power to enforce the, enforce the church's will was not geographically uniform the further a territory was from Rome, the more complicated it was for the Pope to impose severe penalties on those rulers who choose to confront the papacy. Thus, when choosing a bishop for the sees that were relatively well off, the Pope was more likely to appoint a candidate of the king's liking. Here you are, getting politics involved in religion so that the ruler would accept him and the revenue would keep Flowing to Rome, it was politics. It was money making. It was um, uh, religion based on what the king wants and what's going to make enough mo- make lots of money to flow. Now, do your history. You'll see all of this. There's there's history books everywhere that tell about all this stuff. This book here is a new one, and I've got to get my hands on it. So. With that said, I I talked earlier about the United States has been the principal driver behind the New World Order for the last 75 plus years. But we know from the prophecies of the Bible that powers are going to swing, the center for global power will swing from the United States to Europe. And Europe is going to be against Israel in the end time. Everything you see going on the news now you need to line it up. What's coming in the future with the Bible? Because right now Europe seems to be this uh, this great partner or um, in alliance with Israel. But in the end, that's not the way it's going to be. And so the, the reborn Holy Roman Empire or the European Union will rule the end time world government at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. At the time of the uh, at the time that uh, right now currently they do not hold that position however after the major anti-international liberal order shifts it shifted under uh, president trump when president trump came along the united states withdrew from the trans-pacific partnership the paris climate agreement the the unesco the the uh, what would that be the United Nations Educational and Scientific Cultural Organization, UNESCO. The Iran nuclear deal. I can remember that, but I can't remember Elijah and Elisha. Think about that, everybody. Man, I get those guys mixed up all the time when we're talking about it. Or, the joint uh, uh, Trump pulled us out of the Paris, uh, the Paris Climate Agreement, the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action, which was the Iran nuclear deal. The um, to move the U.S. embassy or Jerusalem. It, it remi- this whole thing reminds me of my father-in-law, Irvin Baxter, because he could remember. You could say, "Hey, Dad, what was the um, geopolitical situation between Europe and uh, China back in uh, 1947?" And he could rattle off the biggest bunch of stuff. But then you can say, "What'd you have for breakfast?" And he'd say, um, uh, "Let me see, I." So something easy, seemingly easy, would escape him. But if you ask him about something back in 1901, uh, the what was the eco- economy of such and such, he could just tell you all about it. I feel myself getting there, folks. So, wow. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> he was a spirit-led man. Maybe this is the spirit. Who knows? But, um, so, under Trump, the... Um, He he went to move, we moved the the embassy to Jerusalem, the U.S. embassy. We recognized Jerusalem as Israel's capital. So he did many things that were diametrically opposed to the world government, the international community. Okay? Well, along with the weakness, now, so with Donald Trump doing that, look at our allies, how our allies around the world, how Europe looked at that. Europe, the European Union, the model of world government in the earth. How did they look at the United States when they started pulling out? They thought, well, there's this huge void left in the international community now, this new world order. What are we going to do? It was Donald Trump along with the weakness really shown by President Biden, including the um, that embarrassing initial summit that they had with China, where China um, really just come up against... Um, our Secretary of State, Blinken. And then there was the surrender of our energy independence. We could turn this around tomorrow, folks, if they wanted to. But no, Joe Biden's got to go beg oil from Saudi Arabia. The, the, the defeat in Afghanistan, a total debacle. The inability to secure the southern border, which we have the ability. they've just chosen not to. The destruction of the United States, economic security, and, and the list goes on and on and on and on and on. So the United States appeared to really remove itself from the leadership of the New World Order and it has left our allies really questioning our partnerships and it has emboldened our enemies. So many sources show that Europe has found itself looking to fill the void left by the United States on the global stage. The European Council on Foreign Relations. You know, we we have a Council on Foreign Relations here in the United States. Europe has one as well. They wrote an article a while back called Can Europe Save the World Order? They're positioning themselves. Now, I know a lot of people will say, nope, it's going to be Russia, and it's going to be China, and it's going to be the BRICS, and all of that. I, I, I got that, and I'm reading those articles. But, Bible prophecy says it's going to be the European Union, the revived Holy Roman Empire. And, This is happening right now. The EU Observer published an article. Schultz, who is over Germany, calls to abolish the national veto of the nations in the European Council. Think about this. Germany is advocating for a stronger geopolitical European Union, stronger government, in other words, in response to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The EU can no longer afford to selfishly affords selfish blockades of European decisions by individual member states. Imagine wanting to be in the European Union, and now they're trying to take your veto power away. This comes from German Chancellor Olaf Scholz. He replaced Angela Merkel. He's referring to the need to abolish national vetoes in the EU Council and find common ground on divisive issues like migration and all sorts of things. So you can see how these prophecies, they're looking to take their place on the world stage. The Bible says this is exactly what's going to happen. And they're trying to create create an all-inclusive European Union, an all-inclusive Holy Roman Empire. Thousands of year-old prophecies coming to pass as we speak. So, what should we do about it? Prepare yourself. For the second coming of Jesus Christ. If you have not been born again. Be born again according to the New Testament plan of salvation. Live as a Christian. Prepare others to make themselves ready for the second coming of Jesus Christ. And your eternal existence. There's nothing more important than that. Call here or go to end time. Go to Call 1-800-END-TIME and ask for your free brochure. What do you mean born again? It's not very far off now folks.